This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. Guardians Fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian Fancast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at Guardian Fancast, GuardiansFancast.com. Today, we have a special interview with my good friend, Terry McDevitt. It's Terry's 70th birthday today. So happy birthday to Terry. Terry and my friend Aaron Palmer are the people most responsible for me becoming a baseball fan. So I'm very grateful to both of them. Terry and I spent a lot of time in my living room and any room we could find playing baseball with a bat and a rolled up piece of paper, wiffle ball bat and roll up pieces of paper. When I was uh, just a 10 to 13 year old, uh, maybe 9 to 13 year old, Terry was always super kind and patient with me to help teach me to love sports. And we also used to play a lot of basketball and I a plastic hoop in the laundry laundry room of our house. Uh, so Terry coming over and teaching me how to, uh, you know, enjoy sports and play sports was a big part of my childhood, and it was special to talk to him today about his Cleveland baseball experience. Hope you enjoy. Hey, it's Quincy, and I'm here with my friend Terry McDevitt. Terry, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Terry, as I release this podcast, it will be your birthday. So um, let me just say a day in advance, happy birthday. Thank you, sir. I'm having Terry on today, especially because Terry was a big influence on me learning to love baseball. He's been a family friend of ours for quite a few years now. Uh, So Terry, let's start off with you. How did you become a baseball fan, a Cleveland baseball fan? Really don't know the answer to that question. You know, uh, we would get where I grew up. We were kind of halfway between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And my dad was a big Browns fan. And, you know, I kind of more leaned towards, you know, I was a big football fan, but I leaned towards baseball and just, you know, started listening. I think part of it is I listened to the games on the radio and I liked Jimmy Dudley. when i was a kid better than what was i can't remember what was the guy for the pirates for all those years oh yeah yeah i know you're talking about i don't remember the name i can't remember what it is but i i just you know kind of just got into following the indians oh there you go you know 60 years ago your dad your dad wasn't much of a baseball fan not really i think you know probably I was probably the biggest baseball fan in the family. My dad was a big football fan. Mom was a big basketball. You, when you started liking the Indians, they weren't very good at the time, right? Uh, early 60s, they were fair. But, you know, we were still in the era of the all-powerful Yankees. So, and, you know, back then you had the American League and the National League. There was no divisions. 
So, you know, as far as winning World Series and stuff, that wasn't happening because the Yankees. Yeah, thus, thus beginning a lifelong dislike of the Yankees that you passed <laughs> on to me. <laughs> yeah, which is only fair. Yeah, that, that's kind of, I, I always think about that, like the different experience of being a baseball fan now, especially today when you can 12 teams make the playoffs. So six teams from each league make the playoffs. Just so much well, different than back in those days when you just had the, dependent winners well I think in the early 60s I think there was eight teams in each league oh. so there was there was 16 total teams mm. so, that so was, I mean, yeah that's way different and one, one of the major differences is that you've grown up in an era where you could turn on a television at any time and watch baseball game well when I was a kid you know you would be lucky if Cleveland local TV televised one game a month. Usually that would be on a Saturday afternoon. You know, I think it was probably channel three in Cleveland would, would uh, either three or eight would, would broadcast the game on, you know, Sunday afternoon, but that wasn't like you could watch every game every day. And, you know, they, you know, the, the networks had the game of the week and the Indians were really good enough to be considered and even then it was still Boston and New York every week or you know the Dodgers and whomever but it was rare that you would get an Indians game for the game of the week yeah wow what a difference uh of course you know even I I forget who I was talking to I talked to another fan oh I know I talked to a fan from Wyoming and he couldn't really get the games for a lot of his childhoods, but he could, he got them on the radio. And uh, and I relate to that because, you know, my family, we'd never really had a lot of money. So we oftentimes didn't have cable and I would listen to the games all the time. So many, that's kind of how I became a big baseball fan, just listening to the games. There's something, baseball is such a great radio sport. I don't think any sport compares to it as far as a radio sport. You've been blessed too. You started with Joe Tate and switched, went on to uh, Tom Hamilton. So, you yeah, know. Jimmy Dudley was good. I remember, I mean, those guys back in that era, they all had the same voice. You know, they had that kind of, hey, and he hits the ball right now, and it is Colavino <laughs> circles underneath the next thing. I mean, they all sounded the same, but I mean, yeah. that was pretty, that was, that was pretty much the voice. But Jimmy Dudley was good. I was there, you know. Yeah, you know, being my birthday, probably it was either my ninth or tenth birthday. I got my first transistor radio, you know, the one with the with the one plug, uh -huh. and gets gets sent to bed at eight thirty or whatever. And I would hide under the covers and listen to the baseball games on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's great! What a great memory. Yeah, well, and I know I could spend a long time on this next part of, of what I usually ask people, but what what kind of stands out to you is, I, there's just so many to choose from. What stand out to you as some of your favorite Cleveland baseball memories? Oh, well, let me start this way. Do you, when's the first time you got to go to a game? I was probably 10, maybe 11, was playing Little League Baseball, and they would charter a couple buses and all the teams from our league that we were in down there would go to a game so that was and that was at the old muni stadium but that was the first time i ever you know when i you know we grow up fairly poor so when like the family's gonna hop in the car and 
drive to Cleveland taking a baseball game. So that was probably till I got married. That was the only time I ever saw games was when we went with the little league. All right. Well, what are some other memories that stand out to you? One I can remember, I was thinking about this earlier. I'm going to say it was early 80s, maybe 81, 82. Was married at the time. It was either late May, early June. It was fairly early in the season. Got up Saturday morning. The Indians had an afternoon game. So I says to the wife, hey, let's, let's ride up to Cleveland and take in a baseball game. Okay. So we got in the car, drove up. I think it was a 105 start. Pulled in the parking lot, probably around noon, because you know me, I like to get there early. Wasn't a car in the parking lot. I'm like, I'm sure it's a home game today. <laughs> we literally parked next to the building, went in, got our tickets. At that time, you could get box seats for were eight bucks, the field box. You know, paid eight dollars to sit down there. There was probably a good solid five six hundred people came to the game that day in that in that eighty five thousand seat stadium and the thing i remember mike hargrove was on the team at the time it was early in the season he was leading the american league in batting average at the time and he hits a little slow dribbler to the second baseman who charged it it bounced off his glove he kicked it picked up you know hargrove wasn't the fastest guy in the world but he finally crowded the ball, threw it to first. Hargrove beat it out. Base hit. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> home, home, hometown, you know, <laughs> official score. Yeah, right. Oh, boy. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, man. I uh, I wish I could have had you at the game when I when Chelsea and I got to sit with Mike Hargrove. You could have asked him about that. That would have been fun. <laughs> what a, that's a fun memory to have in mind. Um, yeah, so I like I mentioned, uh, uh, Terry really helped me learn to love baseball. My dad and mom aren't really sports fans. Uh, so Terry kind of introduced me to the idea that, hey, there are such things as sports that you can enjoy. <laughs> and uh, I know I remember watching a lot of Bridgeport High School football games. That's where I started like football. And then I had a, I have a friend, I have a friend, Aaron Palmer, who is a big baseball fan. So he, he, he and Terry both kind of really got me into the, the experience of watching baseball. And that was right in the 94, 95 era, which is a great time to learn to like baseball. Um, yeah. what, what do you remember about those teams, those 94 through 90, 97 teams? Well, you know, you get guys like Jim Tomey and, and Manny Ramirez batting you know, seventh, eighth, ninth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think that right there just says a lot about what that team, you know, Albert Bell, idiot that he may have been at times, was just, I, his 95 season, I, I'll argue up and down, was the best hitting season that I've ever seen. I mean, you know, he, but he had 50, 50, doubles and 52 homers or that you know the numbers reversed however that went but you knew when he come up in a later inning and you know if there's people on base and any has needed a couple runs you just okay yeah we're, we got this one because <laughs> it yeah. was going to happen and it usually did but that yes. was one of the i was just gonna say so for those of you wondering 
uh, Albert had 50 homers, 52 doubles. He had 126 RBI. He had, uh, well, one thing that's kind of interesting to think about now is he had an 11.6% walk rate and a 12.7% strikeout rate. He pretty much struck out as much as he walked, which is crazy to think of nowadays. Like that's, that, that was an incredible season. Well, the, the thing about that year of teams too, you know, growing up, it seemed like the Indians, they either had good pitching or good hitting. Defense was either good or not so good. Those teams in the 90s, they, it's the first time in my lifetime, they had everything. They had good hitting, good pitching, good fielding, you know, Omar Vizquel. Yeah. They had had some decent shortstops in the past, but, you know, the first shortstop I remember for playing for the Indians was Woody Held back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, they always had some decent third baseman, but they never stayed. Yeah. Like Craig Nettles, you know, got rookie of the year, and I think as, as the third baseman ended uh-huh. up, you know, his glory years ended up being with the Yankees, of course. Yeah. But I think part of the reason they let him walk is they had Buddy Bell ready to come up, too, at that time. I kind of wonder if Jose might become the greatest um, Indians first baseman of all time when it's all said and done. I know Al Rosen's up there, but of course, it depends on how you count Jim Tomey, too. <laughs> but... Well, Jim Jim Tomey was an adventurer when he was playing third. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah, that's sure. the, the, that, what made him a baseball player is when they moved him to first. He yeah. was never He was never going to be a good third baseman. No. No, yeah. Um, yeah, well, and, and you, uh, you know, I, it's hard to say, I guess, when we think about the people that introduced us to baseball and helped us become Cleveland baseball fans, if we should say thank you for that, right? Because it's been a lot of heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think I say thank you overall. You know, I remember when I was a kid and learning to like sports, I didn't necessarily understand like how you pick to like a team. So that's part how I ended up being a Chicago Bears fan. And, and I'll root for the Browns too, obviously, but um, I just saw the Bears playing one day and was like, oh, they look cool. <laughs> but I think, you know, with baseball, it was like, oh, if I root for a team that's here, I can actually listen to them on the radio, you know, <laughs> and and go to their games occasionally. Um, so, yeah. We, we when, you, when you were getting into stuff is right, you know, the Bears 95 season was that was when you were really just getting into sports and you know, that probably was the most dominant defense ever in NFL history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they were, they were a good team to follow for sure, for sure at the time. And, and that, and with the, what they had, well, then they had Raymond Harris come up from the Buckeyes and I was a Buckeyes fan too. So that was fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Well, what do you think about the current team, Terry? Uh, <laughs> very young, very, you know, it's going to be a yo-yo season. You can tell that, you know, and until they get somebody besides Jose that's hitting with some consistency, he's not going to see a lot of pitches. You know, hopefully their, you know, their, their pitching staff has been a little off from what, you know, we expected going into the season. So, you know, hopefully they start, you know, Bieber's last outing 
was fantastic. Police Act's last couple outings have been good. You know, if that comes around, they could be in, you know, somewhat in contention. What's killing them right now is all the rainouts. Oh, yeah, it's been unbelievable. Yeah, I, I do think, I think you're right that it, it's going to be a yo-yo season is a good way to put it. And, and, and it is, like you said, because they're the youngest team in baseball and the young players go through that kind of thing. Um, I think, I think, you know, teaching helping me become a baseball fan like you did has definitely taught me a lot about patience you know because that's that's really that's that's really what it is with a baseball team any baseball team you know like even if people are following the angels right now the angels lost 12 in a row 12 games is like nothing in a baseball season i mean it's not good but it's not like you can't come back from that you know um you fired you yeah yeah i wasn't i wasn't sad to see that but yeah we we don't like Joe Madden because of the 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 2016 debacle. When the 2016. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the source of my angst against him. He also always comes tries. Seems like he tries to come off like he's super smart, and I don't really. I mean, he obviously he's smart, but I don't really think that he's that great of a manager. He's um, a whiner. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I do think that Tito is is a very smart and good manager. So yeah, that's one of those things. Well, Terry, thank you for teaching me to become a baseball fan. I, I genuinely mean thank you for that because I love the sport. It gives me a little joy every day. And you know, it's great. Even when they lose a game, you're like, well, there's another game tomorrow. Maybe they'll win that game. That's a good feeling to have. <laughs> let, me, let me, let me, can I say one thing about the Cleveland organization that yes, I don't think do. they, get, they don't get enough credit for. And throughout their history, they were one of the first teams who really had a strong contingent of Latin players on their team. I mean, they, you know, back in the sixties, you look at some of the guys that they had on that team and, you know, it was kind of like the Steelers were one of the first teams to start scouting the traditionally black colleges and pulling gems out of there. But, you know, Cleveland was, they had a lot of Latinos on their teams back in the 60s before anybody else did. And, you know, you see what baseball is today. That's what, 60, 70% probably. It's up there, but, yeah. And what but, a blessing. But, yeah. But Cleveland, Cleveland was at the forefront of that. You know, that's, you know, they've, they've had cheap management over the years. <laughs> not necessarily, <laughs> it's, it's not that they don't have vision, but, sometimes but they have to make do with what they have and yeah that's it's definitely true i'm sure that and i'm sure that was part of it i, I i'm sure it wasn't all of it but i'm sure it was part of why they called up while well, that why they pursued and called up larry doby when they did because they were like hey there's value here and we're not going to let that value go to waste you know so sometimes even if the 100 percent right thing to do isn't done with the 100 percent right motives it's still a great thing to do anyway so they do have a good tradition of that. Thanks for bringing that. All right. Well, happy birthday, Terry. Thanks for coming on. Anytime. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.